0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. Dw Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: My brothers and sisters. Aloha. Aloha. My name is DJ Pasecala. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean And you're listening to the 3am podcast Where we tell scary jokes and funny stories (laughs) You're dead We're back I can't remember the last time Have we recorded together as a group in this calendar year? No Negative Wow It's special (laughs) Where have we been? First of the year Oh, we've been all over People went home for Christmas, the holidays I can't remember the last thing we talked about Uh, We all went to Hawaii with the group and uh had a good time out there sailing the seas uh watching the whales tons of stuff good food and uh yeah in the meantime we we uh stocked up on some 3 p.m's and delivered those but we're i think we're ready to get back to our regularly scheduled programming dude real quick
1: i want to go into hawaii just a little bit but dj got called out by his friend wait what (laughs) His homie recently started watching us on YouTube, uh-huh. and he's like, bro, you rubbed your knee for like two hours straight. <laughs> DJ just sat there like this, rubbing his knee. So now you're going to think about it. Hawaii is the best. Whenever we go, I feel like we eat super well, wake up early, get a jog in, get a hike in, try to go to bed early. The, the ocean like heals me spiritually, physically. Same, same. It's always the best. I feel like I'm living my best. I went skydiving. How was it? It was crazy. You guys didn't go. (laughs) We didn't (laughs) go. We were broke ass. (laughs) Uh, It was Janelle, one of our really good friends' birthday. So she was like, I want to do something special. So out of a whim, someone looked up skydiving. We're like, let's go tomorrow morning. And we're like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) And we show up, we wait, we sign our life away. Everyone gets real quiet, like contemplating their mortality, you know? (laughs) There was a minute I was like, Ugh, "Like, what am I doing? This is dumb. Anyway, we all get paired up with our instructor and we get in the plane and there's like an old barefoot, he's like 65 year old dude. He's like reading a book in a hammock and then they're like, hey Jeff, it's time to go. And he like closes his book, walks to the plane barefoot, gets in, the door is wide open and we start flying up in the air and his leg is like hanging out of the, the plane. He's just like reading his book. Like so relaxed, like this dude was a nom or something. And uh, we, like, get to altitude when we're getting ready to jump, and it's super cloudy.
3: Mm. Like, way
1: cloudy. And all the instructors are like, hey, Jeff, we're going to switch anything up? We good to go? And he's like, he looks out. He, like, leans almost his whole body out of the plane. He's, like, looking around, and he he comes back, and he goes, nah, let's just do it.
2: (laughs) And then one of the instructors (laughs) in the back. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, what is he looking at? Like, I, yeah, who knows? I don't know. You're strapped in the plane. I'm, like, strapped
1: into a freaking small Chilean guy behind me. <laughs> He's my instructor. But uh, later, we all traded, like, what our instructor said. And Reed's instructor was like, yeah, we're not supposed to go if there's any clouds. And one by one, he was just like, all right, let's go. And they start pushing us out of the plane. <laughs> First of all, craziest feeling in the world. Right when you leave, it feels like you're falling. Like that feeling, pity your stomach right, roller yeah. coaster. And then it like switches. You no longer feel like you're falling, but you're just like in the air. And it's like super cold, and the wind it's wild. And we're getting closer and closer to the cloud. Right when we hit the cloud, my guy does something to our parachute, so we just drop. Like we were dropping slowly, kind of. And then all of a sudden we went, and like really dropped. And then right <laughs> when we get out on the other side of the cloud, he like opens it up again, and we like like this. And he goes, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> apparently you're not supposed to jump if there's like any clouds at all so you, you, need, you need to be able to see where you land but makes sense the old book reading guy was like ah f it let's just go
2: y'all just Fortnite
1: out yeah, here. Yeah.
4: where are we dropping? <laughs> thank boys?
1: you bus driver. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway it was super fun jordan was in hawaii we haven't seen him for a while yeah he went skydiving with you
2: mm-hmm was your instructor telling you to arch your back into them? Oh, yeah. He's, like, deeper. <laughs> just a stranger?
4: <laughs>
1: Dude, they had us, They had us like, practice, yeah. and It was, like, you had to hit three moves in one of them, which is, like, <laughs> the first one is, like... The doggy? Yeah, the first one you had to, like, bend your body as hard as you can the opposite way. <laughs> which, like, your boy is flexible, so, you know. I was, like, curling around
2: his ass. That's got to be the only situation where you get that physical with somebody, like... <laughs> immediately a
4: stranger
1: (laughs) they literally have your life in their hands bro when i went and they didn't tell
3: me anything
1: well you went like arizona or some shit it was
3: down in moab
4: but
1: like
3: right before we jump out of the plane i didn't tell you anything at one point they didn't tell me any moves or instructions or anything he's like at one point i'm gonna tap you on the shoulder just kick your legs back i was like (laughs) we're jumping on a plane and you just want me to kick my legs back what is that gonna do Survived, John, when I went in no Moab.
0: It was the same thing. Oh yeah, Dude, Nick's in the yeah. studio. Yeah. Shout out, oh, Nick. Oh, yeah. Hey, what up? So, <laughs> yeah, All they told like, you was kick your legs back, kick your legs out, and then like a second before leaving, he was like, "If you want to do a flip, just look backwards." So oh, we went backwards. I do backwards, remember that. And we too. just did like some flips, and then
2: oh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> How long was your free fall?
0: Uh, I think the free fall part was only like 50 seconds or something like that. Huh. Because you're falling from we're way higher altitude in Utah. Yeah, yeah. why? So it's like less time.
4: Hmm.
1: I have a theory because we talked about it. we were like, they really didn't tell us like what to do, and I think it's because like, the more they tell you, the more you probably psych yourself out and or sense. like fight them. You know what I'm saying? So they just kind of like do it to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we literally landed, got in a car, and then drove to a catamaran <laughs> where we like cruised the bay of Honolulu, saw whales, the sunset.
2: We really were living our best life. Like I think we peaked.
3: Yeah, it's all downhill yeah. from there,
1: dude. <laughs> that was the
2: coolest. <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff, but can we talk about the shitty part of Hawaii?
1: Let's do it. Hawaiians. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: Gonna... Actual shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, Hawaii's a, a crazy vibe. Like there's chickens everywhere. Dope. Hawaii. Wild chickens everywhere. Like you pull up to a grocery around.
1: store and they're in the
2: bushes. Yeah. People are walking around barefoot everywhere, just like Walmart parking lot. Uh, walking barefoot, shirtless. Uh, infrastructure is behind, dude. <laughs> I didn't realize that until I was maybe like 23 when I moved to Utah and I was here for like a couple of years and I went back home. And I was looking around, I was like, oh man, we're poor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, houses are broken <laughs> and uh, falling down. So did you ever see Lost? A little bit. Oh. Bro, I was in Lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then never mind. Sean, did you see it? Uh, a
1: little bit, yeah. You know, like the Dharma Initiative? Oh, dude. It's Never been mind. so long, dude. Moving on.
2: We did a spooky thing in Hawaii.
3: Oh, yeah, dude.
2: We went to Morgan's Corner. Morgan's Corner is uh, at, uh, in Nuuanu where the pulley Cliff is. And our pulley Lookout. And uh, we didn't run into anything, unfortunately. But it was beautiful. We were in the woods. It was dope. Tropical forest. Full moon. There was a part that was like a scene out of the movie, and the movie that I'm thinking of is Harry Potter. Sean like ran into the darkness, and then just appeared in the middle of the river, the stream, and he's looking up, and he's sitting in this moonlight beam. And it's beautiful, and it's like when Harry Potter sees his Patronus for the first time, just a beautiful white stag. Guys, I'm your Patronus in the middle of the lake. <laughs> protected us from the night the the night marchers
3: but that was pretty legit like the moon rays coming through the forest canopy it was
2: we used our lander lights shout out lander uh and that thing lit the whole forest up I think it's
1: bright as hell son I would say it was wild but yeah if you want to see we have some footage we ran around Reed climbed a banyan tree it was wild Sean like Left us, hopped across this river, and then disappeared in a bamboo forest. (laughs)
3: And I was like, all right, that's the last time we'll see Sean. (laughs) Okay, but when I got to the other side, I was like, it's kind of creepy over here because it was thick bamboo forest. And I couldn't see more than 10 feet in front of me. That's terrifying. And that was with my flashlight. So I came back real quick.
1: Then we drove to a lookout, got offered drugs.
3: Oh yeah, dude.
1: <laughs> some some uh, Hawaiian came up to us and he's like, "Hey, where are you from?" And all of us were dead silent and just looked at DJ. <laughs> I
2: was like, oh. "Turn on my pigeon." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro, talk talk
1: to him, bro. Um, good times. Anyway, Hawaii was dope. It's always a pleasure to go back there, especially with everyone. We oh, all yeah. rolled around in a van,
2: listened to music, had great food, good times. Charles went home. Early. A little earlier than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day sends us a picture and he's chilling with Jake Paul and Logan Paul.
3: And we're all like, what
1: the hell? Dude. Okay. Ever. Dude. Low key, I kind of feel like I'm in the Truman Show or like the simulation is breaking. (laughs) And it kind of started with the Paul brothers. So I'm just like in work. I just got off of a red eye. I have like 18 minutes of sleep. And my boss walks in. And he's like, "Okay, who can film?" And they all point at me. And then uh, he's like, "Okay, I need you to uh, be a fly on the wall. Shadow me. I have some some of my friends are coming in later to to hang out." And I was like, "Okay." And someone's like, "Who's coming in?" And he's like, "Uh, just like the two most famous guys in the world right now, uh, Logan Paul and Aaron Paul." And I was like, what? "Aaron Paul? I mean, I don't know what's Jake, Jake Paul, Paul. My bad.
2: <laughs> Is Aaron Paul, a quarterback."
1: I think Aaron Paul's That's the Aaron dude.
3: Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I love sports, man. I think he's in Breaking
1: sports. Bad, Aaron Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Science, bitch. But when he was like the most famous dudes in the world, I was like, Joe Rogan. I was so excited. <laughs> but anyway, it was cool. They came in. They hung out. Uh, I'm not going to disclose anything they talked about because I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not say. But did you sign an NDA? I don't think so. But when I got hired, I, it's possible I did. I just don't want to talk about it because what they were talking about was rich people shit. And I am not accustomed to any of it. And it was, it seriously blew my mind for like two hours, just what they were talking about. I was like, and I ran away and like immediately didn't tell anyone and didn't say anything. Of course not. No, yeah. that's a lie. Charles.
2: <laughs> this isn't a video game. Charles FaceTimed us and we were all on nah, the beach. Nah,
1: that doesn't sound right. Yeah. But if I did that, you probably were at Sherwood's and I probably did tell you everything we talked about. <laughs> and it probably blew your mind too.
3: That I remember my mind being blown that day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was surreal. They they were super nice. Like, Logan Paul was insanely nice. Like, super nice. People were, like, pestering him a bit for photos and stuff. And he was just, like, super gracious the whole time. He was, like, very positive, excited. Like, whatever people were talking about, he was really genuinely into.
3: But you know what? Nobody should
1: never. Sean... <laughs> Sean's <laughs> quoting uh, an old Logan Paul song that we've been quoting to each other for, like, 10 years. Nobody should never not have inside a hero. joke. Yeah, and Jake, he was he was nice enough, but he seemed extremely hungover because they were celebrating their birthday in Park City, so oh. he seemed like he was about to vomit the entire time. Yikes. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. I filmed him. I posted a photo, and like fifty Jake and Logan Paul fan sites started following us.
2: So. Yeah, dude. We made it. <laughs> yeah. Bro, imagine uh, being the uh, curator and moderator of uh, Logan Paul oh, fan page.
1: Oh, I bet it's just peak. The best.
4: <laughs> peak alpha.
2: <laughs> Who,
3: who's uh, the most famous person you've met, Sean? Yeah, I haven't met like anybody. I'm the most famous people that people meet now. <laughs> Damn, dude.
2: Uh,
3: speaking about being met in
2: public charles Still you shut hasn't up been seen by any of our listeners in public <laughs> do we talk about this already no, That just a joke like kevin, if you see me
1: in public and you recognize me don't come up to me yeah. <laughs> let's see how long we can have this yeah kevin got kevin recognized
2: and not even by his looks because <laughs> oh, yeah. kevin was giving him.
1: kevin works at coconut island grill and uh he was giving an interview to someone and he halfway through the interview him. someone was like do you have a podcast? And Kevin's like, <laughs> do, you, do you laugh in the back of a podcast? <laughs> He's like, no, but I'm on 3 a.m. the kid's like, that's where I, are you Kevin? And, like, and then uh, it, during the interview, Kevin calls me to mock me with, <laughs> with this kid in the background. I was like, dude, f- you." Not
2: <laughs> that's so funny.
1: So yeah, I, I'm best friends with Logan and Aaron Paul. Wait, f- Logan and Jake Paul. My bad, Jake. Good job, My bestie. (laughs) Anything else? Dudes. Uh, Guys, I have something to confess. I want to get it it off my shoulders. When I was in the seventh grade, we had to give a presentation. And my friend decided to write a rap song that he was going to rap in front of the whole class. And he needed... Damn it, this is rough. He needed a beat, and he asked me to beatbox for him. So I beatboxed for him in front of the entire class, and it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life. Like, looking back, I've never told anyone that, but I felt like I needed to tell you guys. How old were you? I don't know, 13, whatever you are in seventh grade. Why are you
2: blaming yourself for something you did when you are 13? Bro, it was rough. Like, thinking
1: back, it was rough. And at the time, I thought we were cool. Like, home. I thought it went off. You were, dude. dude. Yeah, you were. Uh, there's been several times where we've done like live things and it's just gone horribly. Like, the first wedding I ever DJ'd uh, was my homie Paul, Asian Paul. Shout out, Asian uh, Paul. Hell
3: yeah.
1: Uh, we set everything up. We're poor as f at this point. So, we had like home speakers to play the set. Just Logitech. <laughs> no, no, no. It was like old, like, uh, I don't, like things you see at DI or. Uh, huh. What's like a, not a Mormon thing? Uh,
3: good Self-way. Goodwill, Self-way. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and we had it all set up, and like this home receiver, we had it all like dialed in. With, like, <laughs> receiver, dude, yeah. <laughs> it and we like press play on the playlist, and one of Paul's Asian ass uncles, dude, walked right through, kicked the cord, and everything <laughs> fell down. <laughs> and it was like just as everything started, and he like pulled all of our stuff down and it fell off
3: bro he did that on purpose
1: i almost ran away but jordan was the sweetest and he just like ran around and put everything back together real quick uh dj and i once did a show at vivant oh yeah where the where like the kid who was promoting it was like dude it's gonna be packed like you guys are gonna have so much fun and we we had like dj would fairly large shows at this point like our biggest one there was like three thousand kids there and uh, we showed up and there's probably like 18 you are cool. kids eight. from beatboxer to,
2: <laughs> to, to international DJ. Yeah.
1: I mean, what can I say? Uh, anyway, we showed up to DJ's party and there was like eight kids there. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I think that's when I quit. That was mentally, embarrassing. Mentally, I checked out. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. We DJ. had more flops as DJs.
2: Than successes. <laughs> we like DJed uh, outside of this apartment complex. It was like 10 at night when we started oh. it. And that was
1: another time someone promised there them, was like oh, it's gonna be crazy. like two people there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just our bad for trusting um, people. <laughs> They're like, Yeah, we'll get hundreds of people there. I was like, All right, let's do this.
2: 18 people later, <laughs> dude. 18 is generous.
1: Anything else, embarrassing
2: memories? Uh, embarrassing things. I remember when my uh, the very first time I l- looked up porn, <laughs> my mom walked in on me,
1: dude. <laughs> Were you, like, on the big screen or something? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean?
2: Uh, So the computer was in their bedroom. Oh, my.
4: Dude, you're ballsy, literally. (laughs) And uh,
2: I was, like, trying to be sneaky, like, switching between. I had, like, two tabs going on. I don't know how my, I don't know how old I was. Big boobs. I think it was, like, hot lady no shirt or something. (laughs) But there were boobs on the screen, and I was trying to switch it in between that. And uh, I was on CartoonNetwork.com or something trying yeah. to play, like, the Powerpuff Girls snowboarding game. And that's what made you think of <laughs> Hot a, real shirt. Yeah. a real powerful girl. real Powerpuff <laughs> Girl. But that was probably the you most embarrassing thing. You want to see some bubbles? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, Jojo, Jojo um, That's hilarious. That's freaking wild. I remember uh, <laughs> after Scooby Doo the live thing came out, you know? Oh, yeah. Everyone ran home and was like, Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller, boobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Google. Is, that, is that Velma? <laughs> no, Daphne. No, oh,
2: Daphne. Daphne. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Now we right. know I'm a Velma girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that Shaggy? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Hey, we tell scary stories on this podcast. If <laughs> this is your first time, welcome. Uh, when we tell those stories, we like to roll a 20-sided die Because we're cool. The, yeah. And to determine in what order we tell the story, highest number goes
2: first. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you ever had a relationship that you're proud of, proud of because you put in the work and the other person put in the work as well? Uh, didn't have to be perfect, but uh, effort was made, honest effort. I think it's definitely more rare to have those types of relationships. Uh, the good thing is with, with therapy, at least in my experience, uh, that's something I've been able to find uh, somebody who invests in me, uh, especially when I invest in myself and we'd love, love, love for you to experience something similar. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, it's entirely online designed to be convenient and flexible, suited to your schedule. Uh, become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Uh, go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com slash 3AM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3AM.
3: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
1: So the order is Charlie, Sean. Nope, Charlie, DJ Sean. Is that
2: right?
3: Yep. Okay. Let's go.
1: All right, do you my, remember my story?
2: <laughs> do you remember trying to make flamethrowers with uh like your Axe body spray when you are I never used
3: Axe body spray.
2: Were you guys pyros? Yes. Were you a pyro? I think every child is. I think At like every, every boy, boy is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember trying to roast, like, my marshmallow with it. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, this is, this is a good idea. And that marshmallow tasted like Phoenix, oh, oh, god. <laughs> yeah. Phoenix Axe. Evergreen, yeah. yeah. Like Kilo or something.
1: Dude, literally one time, uh, my homie Noah wrapped his hand in a towel. And then took his dad's (laughs) cologne and sprayed it till the bottle was empty.
3: Oh, my gosh.
1: And then he's just in the middle of the kitchen. He's like, this is going to be cool. And lit it on fire. And it went up in flames. And it's just like the towel was turning into black soot and, like, dripping. And he's, like, running around. And he sprints down his hall. The fire alarm goes off. And as he's running, his mom walks in because she had, like, gone to the store. And uh, he dunked his whole arm in the toilet. And she was like, what is going (laughs) on? Dude, kids are idiots. Dude, this is a bunch of colony. To... <laughs> so... Go ahead.
4: Okay. My brother
0: used to dip tennis balls in alcohol, light them on fire, and say start running. Do not do this
1: at that home. That sounds sick, <laughs> actually. Don't do I any love of this. I as a
0: kid. I thought it was so fun.
1: Don't do, do, do any of this. Do it all.
2: Is all right. it true that when you fart, <laughs> <fly here>. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks back up?
1: I, I've heard that can happen. I have heard, you heard can that, scorch too, the yeah. inside
2: of your noose. I'm asking if it's real, though. I think it's real. Let's test it. Do you have to fart right now? Blue dart. Do you? No.
1: Oh. Alright, well, let us know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say blue dart? Yeah, that's what they're called. Blue dart. Yeah. Blue waffle. Uh. <laughs> Do you know what blue waffle is? Dude, is that the a generational best thing? Waffle. <laughs> you order. It is so good. Look it up. Blue waffle and meat spin, and lemon party. <laughs> Did you pick your scabs as a kid? Ew! No, I hate it you know? kids. <laughs> I didn't. I thought since like
1: the age of four, I found nose picking, scab picking, revolting. I was like, "That's gross."
2: <sighs> that's unfortunate. No, it's not. Yeah, that's real unfortunate. <laughs> it's fortunate, dude. It was uh, the most like therapeutic. It was like before like, pimple popping videos. That's like the precursor to like emo cutter. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it is. Look at me. Look how <laughs> I, I turned out. <laughs> you listen I to Playboy Cardi, bro. <laughs> why do you let? Why do you pick
1: your scabs? That's foul. Did you eat them? I never ate them. That's another level. How'd
2: you get rid of them? I know. Flick them at all the other boys. (laughs) (laughs) That's a crime nowadays. Yeah, I think that's against the Geneva Convention or something.
1: Gross. Can I tell my story? (sighs) Fine. Uh, So, did you just see what I Googled? No. (laughs) I Googled how to say hello in Samoan because today we're going to Samoa. (laughs) Talofa. Talofa. All right pick pull up first picnic <laughs> picnic for those who don't know samoa is a collection of islands in the south pacific kind of like tonga except i think it might be more beautiful what do you think dj uh, uh, our resident polly well, i mean
4: oh. after the volcano <laughs> probably not so great uh, oh shit
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh. I've been to Samoa. I was 12. What? And only in the airport. <laughs> I was going to say, just stop by? <laughs> uh, we were going to Tonga. Oh, okay. So I don't know much about the lay of the land there.
1: So yeah, it's like two main islands, and then it has some more habited islands, inhabited islands, inhabited islands.
2: There's Samoa and American Samoa.
1: Yeah. Do you know the history with that?
2: I don't actually. I don't, I don't know either. why it's like split. Like it's one country. there's, like, Western Samoa. There's there's one country.
4: (laughs) You said that country.
2: I'll call myself out. And uh, I think it's just, like, different regions, like, north and south. (laughs) I don't
1: know, Um, Yeah, maybe I should have looked that up. I don't know. It's split. Like, one side of Samoa is considered, like, uh, American Samoa. So we must have something to do with that. And then the other side is not. Uh,
2: you asked me just because I'm Polly, Yeah Bro when we were in Hawaii Everyone's like what tree is this Like I knew every tree in Hawaii Every tree we came by What kind of tree is this What fruit does it produce Well why didn't you is know It's edible Yeah I don't know <laughs> Dude you're fake bro You couldn't name me every tree in Visalia There are no trees <laughs> <Yeah>. in Visalia <laughs> I'm like
0: that's just a cows.
1: weed That is another weed That's the difference.
0: America Samoa is an American territory Samoa is its own independent nation Uh huh so, so they're two separate. different countries. They're two different. Yeah. America's uh, yeah, not a country, just a territory.
1: Hit <laughs> us with the next photo. Wow. Gorgeous. And a little bit more mountainous than, I think, Tonga, yeah? Tonga's flat. Yeah, so it's got some mountains. Think beautiful, tropical island. And, yeah, that's Samoa. Small island. <laughs> uh, some of my friends in Australia straight from Samoa. One of them, Elopiato. First thing he said to me was... "Uh." I hate the balangi. <laughs> That's literally the first words he said to me, which means I hate white people. <laughs> now, this is not indicative of all Samoans, just him. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, Samoa is awesome. Uh, I recently <laughs> I recently was home in Oregon, and my mother-in-law's best friend grew up in western Samoa. Hmm. And we were hanging out, just like having dessert. Their families are good friends, so like everyone's hanging out talking. And I don't know how, but I eventually, like, bring up scary stories. And I'm like, do you have any scary stories to her? I don't know if she wants to be named, so I'm going to remain, let her stay nameless. But, dude, her eyes light up. She gets super excited. She commands the entire room, and she goes off talking about all of these stories of Samoa. And she was just saying, like, growing up in Samoa, everyone believes it. Everyone believes spirits are real, curses are real, possessions real. You know what I mean? They all have all these rules to stay safe, to stay, you know, out of harm's way. And I'm not gonna tell any of her stories. I swear that's every third world country.
2: Not trying to minimize the fact, but yeah. Okay, what un- do you think
1: surprising do you have a reason why that is or any more on that observation? Cause it is true. I feel like a lot of other cultures are way more superstitious than Like America, but I don't know.
2: No, I couldn't tell you. Okay.
1: Well, some of the things they do were like at night, they would cover the mirrors. So all the mirrors in the house, they would cover with like a sheet or an e-lava lava lava or whatever the hell hell they had lying around. Uh, But uh, My mother-in-law's friend did that. She said like there would be a bell that would go through the entire city. And everyone had to get inside before, like, the end of the bell. because and cover the mirrors? No, I think just get inside and, like, not be outside because that's, like, when things would go down.
4: Uh-huh. And it would, like,
1: happen, like, twice a day. And she said one time she was visiting or, or, like, an auntie was visiting from the mainland. And they had, like, taken the kids on a hike. And they didn't consider the time. And they're, like, halfway up the mountain. And the bell starts ringing. And they just started terror screaming like running down because they (laughs) truly believe like the devil was coming if they didn't get into the house before the end of the bells so just like she said yeah like dictates so much about their life I'm gonna get those stories from her and I'll share more of those but we had a listener who wrote in whose father grew up in western Samoa back in the 60s so this first story I'll share dude classic Pauly story (laughs) And I'll see if you agree with me. But this is actually, this is, comes from a listener. Her name's Yolanda. So she said her uncle was about 10 years old. And they lived on a small little plot of land. They probably had a plantation. And then just think, dense jungle rainforest all around. So her uncle, 10 years old, he's out hanging out in the yard, climbs a tree, and he's just hanging out up in a tree. He's probably eating some fruit, just chilling. And he hears his grandma coming up the path and she sees him. And she's like, I've been looking for you. Come on, it's time. Like, you have to come in now. And he's like, no. She's like, yes, come inside. And if you know anything about Polynesian culture, like disrespecting elders, hell no, no. (laughs) So again, grandma's like, get down from that tree and come inside or I'll give you a hiding. I'm going to hit you. And he's like, no. She's like, fine. And she leaves. So he just stays in the tree, hanging out. He's like, haha, I bested grandma. That's what he thinks. Eating fruit. Chilling. Because that's what we do. (laughs) Pineapple. in trees. Pineapple trees. (laughs) When out of nowhere, a huge bee stings him in the side of the cheek. And it's so bad, he falls out of the tree and hits the ground. He's clutching his face. It hurts so bad, he runs in the house screaming. When he gets to the house, he's holding his face screaming. You know, his family's were like, what's going on? What's going on? And he's like, a bee, a bee stung me. they're like, let let us see. And he shows them. And they like, where? He's like, right here, right here. And I don't see anything. He goes over to the mirror and he looks. There's nothing there. There's no puncture wound. There's no red mark. But he's tripping because his whole face is like throbbing super bad. So he looks at it. It still hurts. He's like crying, but there's nothing there. And, you know, everyone says like, you're a faker, you know, like, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Goes to bed. Wakes up the next morning. And his cheek has swollen twice the size. His whole side of his face is just puffy. You <laughs> can like barely see out of his eye. And he comes downstairs knowing there's something wrong, and he shows his mom, shows his grandma. The first thing she says is, that's because you didn't listen to your elders. And laughs, laughs at him. <them.
3: laughs> she straight laughs at him? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bro, that happened to me when I was in fourth grade. We went on a whale-watching field trip. <laughs> we started playing tag on the boat, and it was a rough day. And we, I guess we hit like a wave, and the boat shook. And I tripped when the boat shook. And I fell, and I slammed my forehead on the corner of a door. <laughs> and it split open. I had to get stitches. But I had like blood running down my face. Did you everyone's scream? Like, yeah, D, everyone's like, DJ, we're in the field trip. <laughs> and there's a dude sitting... In, like, a booth, and he's eating his lunch. He's eating his meal, and he's at arm's reach. And he's looking at me. I'm nine, and he says, That's what you get for playing on the boat. <laughs> so it had turn the boat around, and the, I went to the hospital.
3: That guy is my spirit animal.
2: Dude, why, why is there just such a level of, like...
1: I don't know how to say it without being rude, but just, Di- like, no mercy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, physical pain is, like, that's what you get. I don't know. <laughs> so, that's the first story. So, this next one happened to Yolanda's dad. And, like I said, they lived pretty far out, pretty remote, back in the 60s in Samoa. Um, and they actually grew up in a folly. Is that how you say? Samoan home? Folly's house. Yep. So, they grew up in a folly. And if you want to pick, pull up the next photo, Nick... A fale is a traditional Samoan home. It's basically a house without walls. So there's one right there. Sick. So the whole family sleeping together. Um everyone's quiet, everyone falls asleep. It's night, full moon out. So you can almost see like straight to the jungle. Humid. The birds, the be- the the bees bugs, birds, yeah, <laughs> birds and the bees, bees probably. <laughs> but uh yolanda's dad has to go pee he's young he's like nine he's like oh, i'll just hold it to morning but we all know how that goes it gets worse and worse yeah and he can't stand it so he goes over to his dad 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 i have to pee that's like mm, go <laughs> he's like no i'm scared <laughs> it's dark he's like ah oh. hits his brother hey take your little brother out to pee okay Younger brother goes, okay, come on, let's go. And he goes, okay. (laughs) Everyone everyone falls back to sleep. Tries to shake his brother. He's like, dude, please come on. Like, I gotta go pee. It's so scary. And his brother's like, no, you go. (laughs) Makes him go alone. He's like, okay. So he goes out in the yard all alone. Goes right up to the edge of the trees in the jungle. And he starts to pee. And he finishes. (sighs) Pulls his pants up and he turns around. And he sees his sister younger sister. She's followed him out of the falla, and she's staring at him. He's like, what are you doing? She doesn't say a word and he realizes she's looking right past him. Nope. She has a weird look on his face he can't place and she turns and sprints into the jungle. Immediately he feels terrified. Instinct takes over and he chases after her. He can see her darting through the bush, around trees, and he's running as fast as he can, and he can feel fear mounting. And he's running, sprinting, jumping, and he realizes, wait a minute, why am I not catching up to her? This is his younger sister. Easily, he could outrun her. But as hard as he tries, she's always just in front of him, getting away. So he's running, 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 and then he realizes Something's not right. Some ones are slow runners. so. (laughs) (laughs) So he stops dead in his tracks. And immediately, he said he felt like there was many eyes on him. He said he felt like he was surrounded by people. Furthermore, he has no idea where he is. He has no idea how long he's been running. So terrified, he looks around frantically And he chooses a direction and just starts running. The whole time he's running, he says he feels like something's closing in, like right behind him. Until finally, he sees a river he recognizes. He knows where to go, turns, sprints. And when he gets back, every single one of his family members in the house, asleep, including his little sister. So this story, Yolanda's dad would tell her, and she would ask him, like, what do you think it was? He said, every time I ask him to tell me about that incident, he always ends up saying, I felt like the devil was trying to take me that night, and God protected me. I forgot to mention, when he turns and starts running, as he's running through the forest as fast as he can, or the jungle, he is, like, as loud as he can, singing hymns and praying out loud. (laughs) Just as loud as he can, running, sprinting.
3: (laughs) Smart. Okay,
1: last story. This happened to the same family, Yolanda's parents, or Yolanda's dad's family. So Yolanda, Yolanda's grandpa, super hard worker. He would often be gone all day long working, like backbreaking work, right? Sometimes he'd have to work late, and this was one of those times. So everyone's at home doing the night chores, cleaning up, preparing food or whatnot. Finally, grandpa, or Yolanda's dad's dad, pulls up. Sun's already down, once again. Moon's out. He gets home. He's super tired. Everyone says hello. And mom says, hey, I'm going to make you some food. Do you want to go ahead and wash up? Sure. But it's dark out. So he looks at the oldest brother and he goes, hey, grab the lantern. Follow me down to the river. Now, it's nighttime. They're going out of the jungle so dad can wash up in the river. And the uncle is like unreasonably scared for some reason. He said he's just off. Like something doesn't feel right. And Yolanda writes, "Admittedly, he was known to be a massive chicken. So like maybe he was just like as scared as normal. She doesn't know. So they get down to the river. If you want to pull up last photo, I'd imagine it's something like this. This is a Samoan river.
2: But <laughs> it." What? You did not search that on Google. <laughs> Hell yeah I did. Salmon River.
1: S-A-M-O-A,
2: river. Thank you. Uh switch
1: back. So it's like that, but pitch black. All he's sitting there, probably like a 10 11 year old boy just holding the lantern, pitch black jungle while dad like washes up in the river. He can hear every noise, every crack, every like little scurry. And he's looking around until finally, Dad's done. They head back to the house. Dad says, uh, "Dinner is dinner ready." Mom says, "Almost. Why don't you go rest, and I'll come get you when it's ready." Fine. So he heads in, lays down. She finishes the food. She goes inside to wake him up, and he is passed.
2: Like dead? Dead. At home? Yeah.
1: In his sleep chilling. He, I'm going to lay down for a minute. Cool. Lays down. Ten minutes later, they go to get him. He's gone. Obviously, this was super hard for the family. Um, the proper arrangements are made. Family's called. Family comes. And they're preparing him for the funeral. So, grandma, grandma's sister, um, they're getting him ready for the funeral. They're going to dress him. They're changing his clothes, and they they lean him over they roll him over and they both jump back and they said on his upper back were two bruises in the shape of small hands on the the... like right in his upper back freaked him out but the funeral must go on so they bury him do everything but the bruises bother mom. There's something off. So she goes to a local psychic, mystic, whatever. <laughs> someone who's spiritually in tune. Tells them the situation. Says, what's going on? They're do their divining, their divination. I don't know how. But they come back and they say that Yolanda's grandpa had made a grave mistake. And that the night is for the spirits. And that by him going to the river at night and bathing, disturbed them. And they plotted to get revenge. And one of them must have killed him. Which is pretty intense. Grandma's like, shouldn't have gone to the river? I told told you. (laughs) Do you believe that shit's real? What do you think? It's hard to say. It is hard to say. Yolanda has some thoughts.
3: What, What are her thoughts?
1: Wanna hear hers, or do you have any?
2: No, uh, I'm I'm bothered by the bruises. Yeah. I would be terrified.
3: But like, were they Figment of the Imagination bruises that like, oh, that looks like it could be a hand. I bet it's a little child's hand. Who knows? I don't know. Uh
2: there's no picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh snap. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, there's a selfie. No, moment. no picture, unfortunately.
1: Yolanda said, I myself do not wholeheartedly believe the psychic. Dude, this is not me saying this. (laughs) If you know Polynesian food, it's so unhealthy. (laughs) I personally think he had a stroke. (laughs) My only hope, and it's not funny. Someone passed. My only hope is that he passed away peacefully in his sleep and that he was not actually tormented by spirits. I do believe in the paranormal and spirits, but I don't know that I believe that they would uh, have the power to take a life.
3: You know? Okay. I'd say the food is more likely. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know.
1: It is problematic. The bruises
2: are creepy. Yeah. I'm
1: sure there's an explanation,
2: but is that a common belief? in Samoan culture, like the water? I don't know. I just, talking to my
1: mother-in-law's friend who grew up in Western Samoa, it sounds like almost like every facet of life is some way tied back to like, don't disturb the spirits, don't mess up the spirits. Like literally they have like everything they do, the way they walk, they have all these rituals to like protect themselves from the spirits. And I think whether it's real or not, Let's go with it's completely real. I think if you live in a tight-knit community or culture where everyone believes it, it's way more powerful. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, for sure.
1: Because I've talked to people who grew up in Tonga. I've talked to people who grew up in Samoa. And they will look you in their eye with 100% conviction and tell you this shit is real. Do you know what I mean? And you can tell that they believe it. Right. And now, so yeah, it's real. Evil spirit's are real. Let's say it's not real. Even that level of belief like has an effect, right? Yeah. Like we know, we've talked about it a million times, but like uh, what's that thing called? The placebo effect. Right, yeah. Very real and measurable effects and outcomes just based off the belief of mine. So, I don't know. It's more fun to believe, so I will believe. (laughs) (laughs) What was that from? It was. Oh, we were watching the Windagoon. Windagoon, yeah. And he was explaining a conspiracy, and he was like, now does this probably have a really likely explanation? Yes, but that's not fun, so I reject that. (laughs) And it's like, hell yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) Um, She said, anyway, I'll get more stories from my parents. I will continue to share them. My parents have a small collection of encounters told to them by their parents and even other experiences that they had firsthand. So sounds like we have a, a link to Samoa. Little a
3: little spooky tree there. ton of experiences.
1: <laughs> she said, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm glad to see that the podcast is still going. Keep up the great stories. I absolutely love the format, especially how it's not traumatized. Yolanda. So, shout out, Yolanda. Thank you. Thank you. I loved those stories. There's like a purity to them. Or it's like, if you don't listen to your grandma, bad shit will happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the things that you tell. You yeah, know, you tell if your If you don't kids? listen to me, There, a guy will come
3: kidnap you and put you in a bag or something. <laughs> Dude, how far is too far like you convince your kids and their kids that if they don't listen to you they're gonna get got by the spirits that live at the river i personally think and i don't know i've never been a parent
1: but uh lying to your kids doesn't always yield the best outcome so i don't know i'm gonna be super honest with my kids and then let
3: them make mistakes and bro one of my nephews like threw a plastic bottle out of the car while we were parked while i was down for christmas and I straight up was like, I'm calling the police. And I picked up my phone, pretended to dial 911. I was like, hello, police. I have to report someone littering. And like, how old is he? There's been a murder. He's like maybe <laughs> six. Oh, the planet Earth. <laughs> he's six years old. And he started like freaking out. He's like, but no, no, here, let, me, let me get out. And he's like strapped in, like seatbelted in so he can't get out. I'm like, they're going to be here in like 10 minutes. And I had this going for a solid ten minutes before his oh. mom came and saved him. And she's like, "Call them back right now and tell them we're good." And I had to fake call the police back and tell them we were good.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, Lieutenant. No, I've appre- I've apprehended the. We've <laughs> the picked situation. up the litter. Yeah. He's good. <laughs> that's hilarious. I think that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. But anyway, shout out Yolanda. Thank you for those stories. Thank you.
2: Dope. 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 All right, boys. Okay, this comes from a homie, uh, Conrad, and uh, fake name, Conrad Shite. What? (laughs) Sorry, dude. (laughs) It's a homie in high school. That's uh, your homie. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Sick, Conrad Shite. (laughs) And uh, he grew up in Texas and then moved to Hawaii. What in the? And you don't hear that often. People moving? Like from Texas
1: to Hawaii? I don't know. I, I don't just
4: know. feel like that's weird.
2: Um, he grew up in Texas, moved to Hawaii, and when he was about nine or ten years old, his parents split. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, a shitey life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not Conrad of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's pros and cons. So. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, marriage (laughs) con he
2: he went with his mom dad out of the picture not sure where my parents are divorced so i can make funny like that anyway (laughs) mom super poor she gets all the money she has and uh buys a trailer they move out to this rural area i don't know where in texas but uh it's like a two acre lot plant their trailer there 72 foot wide trailer and uh they begin to live their life he goes to school starts making new friends and they're home one day mom's doing her own thing in her bedroom he's in the kitchen the door the front door like comes into the kitchen slash like living room area and there's a knock he opens it two boys two girls uh he said they look similar Uh, like they were siblings or something. They say, can we just borrow your phone? We need to call Call our mom. He's like, yeah, for sure. Um, They call their mom, and he hears his mom uh, call from the other room. So he goes to her bedroom, and the sound of their voices start getting muffled as he goes into the end of the trailer. She's like, who's here? And uh, he says, oh, just some kids who needed to call their mom. She's like, why would you let them in? We don't let strangers in. No matter how old they are or how friendly they look. He said, I'm sorry. She said, go tell him. And in the middle of her sentence, he looks. And the door still kind of creaked open. And he can look down towards, he looks down uh, the hallway and sees the four kids standing in the kitchen. He said there was something different that he didn't see the first time. He said, looking at them this time, could see that all of their eyes were just black voids. Yep. No. Nope. I'm surprised how quickly <laughs> you folks picked up on that. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> we don't trust kids no more.
2: Uh black-eyed kids. Black-eyed children. be Um of course he he doesn't know this at this point. He's 10. Um and everything uh uh kind of You know how like the sound when you you're kind of like in that weird headspace and like sound mm-hmm. just mutes, mm-hmm. you're in your own world. All of that slowly starts to come back. Here's his mom talking again. Uh, go tell him that they can't stay here. It's like, <laughs> it's uh, like bro, you go tell. Them. <laughs> uh, uh. I'm sorry, but they have black eyes. <laughs> yeah. You now, can tell them. <laughs> yeah. Now with this information that that he's uh, seen but hasn't communicated to his mom, he's processing all of this. So he says, okay. (laughs) Nervously, grabs the doorknob. His palms are sweaty. (laughs) He opens it up. And to his surprise, there are no kids in the kitchen. Good surprise. He said, that was a matter of seconds. If they left that quickly, I would have heard something. So... uh. Feeling a little less scared, a little more confident, he walks down the hallway and reaches the kitchen and he looks around, nobody there. Runs real quick throughout the house, nobody in the house. He looks out the front door and there's, they live on a two acre plot and there's nobody outside. Walks around the trailer, no one. So that was his only encounter with those kids. That point that had lived there for almost a year small school and he knew almost everybody in the school um or at least could recognize them he said i i couldn't tell you where they were from and uh i don't think it was in this neighborhood so conrad said this was the start of a bunch of things that uh i don't know if it triggered all these weird events but there were a lot of weird events that happened after. He said from, from that point, mom started getting sick uh, and she was a pretty healthy person. Um, mentally, she started getting really depressed. He's like, I just pegged that on the, on the divorce and the situation where poor, um, she couldn't pay for a lot of things we struggled to eat, um, but Physically, she, she started getting sick, and he didn't go into details with what specifically or if she was ever diagnosed with anything, but Mom was sick.
1: I'm feeling more
3: bad for roasting, homie. That's <laughs> really shiny of you, bro.
2: <laughs> Conrad said, Our phone started to ring. And we would answer, and there was just static. And... This went on for some time. At one point, we were so poor, we couldn't afford to keep the phone bill uh, or take care of the phone bill. Uh, So, in this age, uh, early 2000s, the cable company came out and they, like, physically cut our connection. The phone ringing continued. Oh, hell. After they cut the line. So... Strange things like that. He said there was only one time where they answered. And somebody answered back. He said, I could have sworn it was the voice of my aunt. She said, hello. I said, aunt. Can't remember the name. And then it went static again. That was the only thing uh, from the phone calls. Um, lights were flickering in her house. I... Peg that as just faulty wiring. Uh, but they got so bad that the light bulb would, would glow so brightly that the light bulb uh, exploded at, at one point. And that happened a couple times. So we had somebody come out to check the trailer, see what was going on. They're like, oh, the problem's not in the trailer. It's actually, it's actually like your local power supply. So they sent out a truck with like the crane <laughs> And uh, the dude, he said, to you, I could watch it from my bedroom window. I could see the truck, and I was just watching him working on the power line. Yeah. And he steps out of the, the little crane, and he attaches himself to, to the pole. And while he's working, uh, there's an explosion, and he flies off and hits the ground. Luckily, he got up and started walking a few minutes later. he He turned out okay, but uh, like nothing could be fixed as far as like our lighting and the and the phone goes. Uh, Conrad said the final straw was when I was hanging out in my mom's room, and it was dusk. So there wasn't a lot of light in the bedroom when she said to me, It feels like there are bugs all over my body. And what do you do? He looks at her. She looks normal. He stands up. And he gets the feeling to look up. So he moves his eyes towards the ceiling. Conrad said, I saw thousands of spiders. (laughs) I turned to my mom and I said, let's get out of this room. She looked at me like I was crazy because I never, it was seen as talking back to my mom. I said, trust me, let's leave this room. This is like a couple years later, it's a little older. She says, why? He says, I don't want to tell you. She said, now I want, really want to know why. He says, look up. And she looks up and she sees the same thing. Hundreds of spiders all over the ceiling. They, they leave. And they had the exterminators come and take care of it. It wasn't much longer after that that they moved um, to another place in Texas uh, before he moved to Hawaii. And the last thing that happened was at their new location, they got their phone hooked up. Same thing happened where they couldn't keep up with the bills, so they come and cut it. And the phone started ringing again and again. And it followed them to wherever they went. But every time they picked it up, there was no one on the other side. But that was the end of their experience with the black eyed kids or whatever happened after that. But the end. Crazy.
1: <laughs> uh, black eyed children, black eyed kids.
3: Next time I see a black eyed kid, I'm punting them. What do you mean next room? time? I'm just saying. Oh, I was like, have you seen them once? Not that I can remember. But so they see you. <laughs> What black-eyed kids
1: are is oftentimes you'll be home. You'll be doing something. Most stories, it's in the evening. You'll get a knock at your door, and the door will open. And there will be, like, it's usually, like, two kids. And they'll look normal, and they'll ask for help.
3: They'll usually ask to use your phone or Can I come in? Yeah.
1: My mom is up the road. Yeah. Can we come in and use your phone?
3: And if you allow them
1: in your home, you give them permission... They come in and then they come into your life. And usually bad stuff ensues. Someone will die. You'll have bad luck. Hella spiders. Hella spiders on the ceiling. And so, yeah, that's how black eyed children work. They usually are like a predecessor to
3: worse stuff. It's like a mothman, but like bite size. They're
2: like in the same realm of like MIBs. Mm, yeah. Like they come before
1: or after something. Yeah. Men in black. Yeah. That's what DJ is referring to. They go off a principle that I think is kind of a universal principle of magic, supernatural, dark entities, and that's like permission. So, like everything in the supernatural, the occult, if you give it permission, it has way more power. Yeah. Vampires can't come in until you allow it. Black eyed children. um, Often voodoo won't work until you believe it. Until you give it permission, you let it in. Uh, Same with black magic. So a way to make a black magic curse way more powerful is to tell you I'm going to do it. And by you not saying no or not saying anything, I then am allowed to like perceive that as permission. Right. Yeah. So just letting you know,
0: Charles, (laughs) Elisa. Oh, go for those black eyed kids. Can you see their eyes before you let them in?
1: Some people say, like, they look weird. Their eyes were dark, but usually they appear normal before. Yeah. So they're, like, pretty
0: hidden until you
1: yeah. realize it's, like, too late. Yeah. Which you is, like, just, a really messed up
3: You trip. have to tell all kids to GTFO.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, go away. That's Sean's actual philosophy <laughs> yeah. that he believes in. Um, you saying Lisa? What?
2: You said Lisa or something. No. Oh. No, I was just saying, oh, at least. Oh, uh, I heard Lisa, too. I was like, what the At fuck? least, uh... At least they believe in consent. You know
3: like, that's valid. That's consensual her. haunting. Yeah, consensual
2: go. haunting. We're about that.
1: <laughs> so anyway, listeners, be careful what you give permission to things in your life. <laughs> be very careful. That's why playing with even if you don't believe with in Ouija boards, that's why I'm terrified of Ouija boards, because that is a form of that consent. Is, yep. You're inviting something in.
4: hmm
3: So anyway. There's that. Is that all you? That's all me. Hey. Let's go. All right, guys. I guess you're going to have to hear a story from me tonight, too. (laughs) So I have been sitting on a story for six or seven months now. Ooh. And somebody just submitted a story on Instagram. And I was like, this is a perfect segue into this other story. Yes. So I'm going to first start off with a listener submitted on Instagram. Her name is Audrey. She didn't say she didn't want to be named, so... Sorry if you wanted to remain unnamed. Um, she is from western Montana and a couple hours away from Glacier. One time, she had a friend who was coming up from Utah that she was going to show around, and she automatically becomes the tour guide because she's from there. She's feeling the pressure. I'm going to have to take him to Glacier. We're going to have to do all the dope hikes. The day before... They prepare to go out to Glacier. Her dad is like, yo, I got a story to tell you. (laughs) The timing. And I would do this as a father. Just I would like to be up front with that as well. We know. (laughs) Her dad proceeds to tell them both the story of one of his good friends who is a hunting guide. He would take people out on horseback hunting in the Glacier National Park area. Probably not on the actual park grounds, I would assume. But they would uh, have whatever permit they're allowed to hunt for. And then they would catch it and take it back. So he takes this 60-year-old woman out into the forest land around Glacier National Park uh, on horseback. And she has an elk ticket. Is that what it's called? I think it's uh, tag. Tag an elk tag, and she shoots this elk, and it's shortly before sundown. And I guess the law around there is they can't hunt after dark. And I imagine that's probably similar here too. The guide is like, okay, well, we're going to have to pack this up and get it back because there are grizzlies around this area. And so he tells her, hey, I'm going to go ahead and like prepare this so that we can like pack it up and pack it out but I'm going to need you to go up up the hill a little bit further and just watch out because there are grizzlies in the area. And if you see something, I need you to tell me. So he whips out his knife and he starts preparing this out to kind of take home. And shortly after he hears this gasp come from above him on the hill and then a scream. Oh, shit. And this woman is screaming bear. He looks up and looks around quickly And he sees this fully grown adult grizzly charging them. Now, the grizzly gets to the woman first and sinks its teeth into her leg. And without thinking, he runs up and jumps on its back with his knife and like stabs it in the neck. The grizzly throws him off and then comes after him. And the first thing he goes after, he bites his arm. And he says he can feel the grinding of his bones under the weight of the mouth of this grizzly. And probably out of sheer pain, he passes out. Oh yeah. He comes two seconds, minutes later, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, but he says his head is in the bear's mouth and it's just carrying him by his head and he passes out again. Wakes up a couple of minutes later, and the bear is distracted, and so him and this lady jump on their horses and get out of there as quickly as they possibly can. This is all being told the night before Audrey is taking her homie into Glacier National Park, and they're going to be spending two days there. So that's
2: straight up the what is it, Reverend? Oh, Reverend, the (laughs) revenant. I'd be pissed if I uh, was caught and my head was in the mouth of a bear and I woke up.
3: Dude. Bro, yeah, just kill me right now. Yeah. It'd be unbearable. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They did say that that bear had been caught. Like her dad was saying that her, his friend told him that the bear had been caught. And the only reason he survived was because this was an old bear. And so its teeth were like ground down. So they weren't very sharp. Otherwise, he probably would have been dead. Holy crap. So, with this information, Audrey is now heading into Glacier National Park with her homie for the next two days. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They head into the west entrance, and we've been there before. The west entrance, you have like Lake McDonald, you have a couple of really cool like day hikes there. So, this first day, they're just doing like some chill like hiking in and around like the road. And the only thing she said that they saw all day was like deer. And she said, (laughs) She said this was also terrifying because of the Utah episodes that we told. Oh, sh- oh, okay. So this is a long-time listener. Jeez. And uh, that was the only thing they saw that one day. They uh, ended up staying just like sleeping in the car that night. She said she probably got about two hours of sleep because it was just cold and miserable. And then they're going to do more hiking the next day. She said that next day they had hiked about 12 miles by noon, just different random hikes throughout like the park. And eventually they're about ready to have lunch. They decide to do one more hike before lunch and it's just to this waterfall. And the hike's probably like one mile round trip. So probably like a half mile up. And she didn't say which waterfall this was, but I kind of have a feeling I know which one it is just right off of the road. They hop out of the car. She says that she notices bear poop right at the entrance of this trail she tells her friend and they they notice it looks dry so she's like okay we're chill this has been a while since the bear was around here so they decide to continue she's like let's scatter (laughs) (laughs) now the only kind of defense that they're allowed to have at this time in the park is bear spray so they have probably bear bells and then bear spray. They head up on this hike and there's going to be like two different landings that you get to like to go up onto this waterfall.
2: There, isn't it wild we risk it all for hikes? <laughs> <laughs> like straight up. Yeah. When you so could just cool. ride a spaceship and, <laughs> yeah. and go to space instead, you know?
1: Or just like YouTube the hike. I mean, you <laughs> could. In uh
2: bearless
3: freaking living room. <laughs> That's crazy. Audrey, you crazy. And I do have a picture of them at the waterfall here. If you <laughs> want to pull this up, <laughs> she sent this as well. And it does look like it would be pretty cool. It's not obviously. Up. It's not up on ours. So. Obviously, I think though. Hold on. That looks beautiful. I think that it probably would be way cooler without the possibility of a bear around. She said they get to about the waterfall and they're going up to this first landing and they're basically at this point hiking on shale, just like shale rock. What's shale? Just like gravelly rock that you're walking up. And her friend who's in front of her turns around to look at her and he like sees something cross the trail. And so he tells her, he's like, hey, I think I saw something just cross the trail behind us. It was probably just a mo- mountain goat or something like that. Cause we saw that while we were there. But then she turns around and looks and seconds later, a bear pops its head out of the woods, right on this trail. And then, it's, it's probably like 15 feet away. The recommended like distance you keep between you and a bear is like 100 yards. So like 40 times more than that. <laughs> the bear then starts to rush them. You can go back. Now she has her bear spray on her backpack but it's like all the way around back and she's going to have to unclip it in order to like, well, what hell good does it do back there? <laughs> Not good enough. So she shouts run to oh. her friend. Oh, yep. just run. And the protocol for this as well is you're supposed to make yourself big, start making noise, scare the bear away. And she said she could tell it was like a, like a younger bear, but that made her more scared. Maybe there's like a mother bear around as well somewhere. Mm. The bear starts rushing her. She realizes she's not going to be able to get up to the top of this landing. So she jumps off of this mini cliff into the water (gasps) and, like, starts trying to go downstream.
2: Bro, this is a movie.
3: As As her friend who is getting to the top of this, like, ledge, there are other people on top. And so he gets their attention, and she's like, maybe with more people we'll be able to distract the bear or, like, get it to go away. And out of the four people up top, only one more person had bear spray. So he like pulls his bear spray out, and they're gonna. Tr- he like runs down to try and help. This is one of the extra people. And then the like, she says, "No hate," but like the elderly couple just whip out their phones and start like filming. Oh. <laughs> Shortly after, this other guy comes down with the uh, bear spray. The bear decides it's done terrorizing them and rushes off back into the woods. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. They all got it on, on, More bear spray- on nah. camera, on film. <laughs> yeah, they got what they wanted. <laughs> the
2: iPad.
4: <laughs> they so filming rumors. on the iPad, dude?
3: <laughs> the flap, yeah. bro. The, ma- the ma-
4: magnetic flap. It's
3: like a trifold. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> she did survive this experience, dude, obviously. She's just floating down river. <laughs> <laughs> just send us this story. Um, but she said like her heart jumped into her throat, like as this was happening. And like the thought was crossing her mind. She didn't expect to die today. Or if she survived, she didn't expect to be calling her friend's parents saying that he died today. Oh my gosh. But barely survived. (laughs) (laughs) Now that gets to the story I've been sitting on for about six or seven months. Ooh. And this story will be for our patrons. Oh Oh, my goodness. So if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com slash the 3AM pod. And for only four quarters, plus four quarters, you can listen to this story. So, And all the other stories. And all the other stories. We have a ton of great stories y'all have been missing. So the story, though, that I've been sitting on also happened in Glacier National Park. Glacier National Park was founded in 1910 as a national park. And for 57 years, there was not a fatal bear attack in the park until 1967. (sighs) Well, welcome back to all of our listeners. That was me for tonight. Dude, that was brutal.
1: (laughs) That was brutal. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Sean.
3: And thank you, Audrey. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the story as well. And
1: thank you, Park Rangers, for your service. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that is
3: you Tom
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you Nick Thank you Mallory, thank you Kalea In the studio for coming out Hey yo Thanks for keeping up with us everyone Cool, happy to be back Excited Anything, Anything else? else? I think I, we're good Until next week, we love you all Bye <laughs> Love you Be safe Be careful out there. Be careful. Trust your back and watch your gut. See ya.
3: You gotta watch your gut though (laughs) now. Goodbye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3 am Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, The3AMPodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions